0: Hello, and welcome to Deep Dive. From the Japan Times, I'm Oscar Boyd. This week, my colleague Jesse Chase Libitz talks with Hilne Tegen who for the last 11 years has battled Japan's immigration system as he's tried to claim asylum. Originally from Ethiopia, while he's been here, Hilne has had what's known as provisional release status, which means he won't be detained or deported while his application is ongoing, but also that he's still considered an asylum seeker which means he's unable to leave the country or bring his family to live with him. Jesse's been speaking to Hilnet over the past few months for a story that was originally published in the Japan Times' community section. Jesse, welcome back to the podcast and thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So before we get started with our interview with Hilnet, tell me a little bit about Japan's asylum system.
1: Yeah, so Japan has earned itself a reputation for turning away refugees. Despite the fact that it's the world's fifth largest donor to the U.N. refugee agency and the world's third largest economy, it accepts less than 1% of asylum seekers. In 2018, just 42 were accepted. By comparison, the U.S. planned to accept 30,000 in
0: 2019.
1: Wow. Yeah. In December 2018, the government introduced an immigration policy that relaxed the rules on foreign laborers in an attempt to fill the gaps in Japan's aging workforce. But as those immigration policies relaxed, the rules for refugees became much stricter. So I was looking to talk to someone who had both dealt with immigration and who had been in Japan long enough to have a better idea of how society was treating asylum seekers. I ended up talking to an asylum seeker from Ethiopia who goes by Hilmne. He spent the last 11 years seeking asylum in Japan. Um, So maybe let's just start with you introducing yourself. Where are you from? What's your name? And how old are you?
2: Uh, I'm from Ethiopia. My name is Tegen Hilmna Tesfau. Well. Uh, currently, uh, I'm approaching my fifties birthday, 49 and 9 months.
0: And how did the two of you meet?
1: I reached out to the Jesuit social center, Tokyo, who has a refugee department, and someone there introduced me to Hilmna. So you arrived in Japan 11 years ago. right? Um, and when you when you left Ethiopia, you left your family, you left your uh, children. You have a child on the way. Sure. And oh, I'm wondering what you hoped to find in Japan when you came here.
2: Yeah, you know, I didn't have uh, full information about Japan. With the information I had, uh, I thought they could accept asylum seekers soon. So I I just came uh, with the opinion that I might be able to get the asylum visa and bring my family. But through the process, it took all these
1: years. Mm. So what were your reasons for applying for asylum at that time, 11 years ago?
2: Uh, 11 years ago, when, before I left Ethiopia, uh, I had a problem, you know. Uh, I used to work for Ethiopian Airlines and there were some, some mistakes
1: so at that time, he was accused of accepting money from passengers who wanted to board a plane without legal documentation. Despite saying that he had nothing to do with it, and the fact that the people who were attempting to board the plane weren't actually sentenced to time in jail, he was put in prison.
2: I was sentenced to three years and six months imprisonment. It was broadcasted on the television and radio in my country. I just couldn't stand it because I didn't take any money from these guys. I had no connection personally with them.
1: He was basically blacklisted in Ethiopia after that and couldn't get a stable job to support his family.
2: After that, I I just lost hope to work in my country after the sentence by the high court. So even after leaving prison, I couldn't work because there is a ban, maybe for five years, I'm not sure.
1: So you were in your country and you weren't able to get a job. And so you were looking for other places to go to start your life and be able to make money and, and support your family. Yeah, yeah. So how did Japan come into the picture? How did you get to Japan?
2: It's just, you know, I, I didn't know anything about Japan, but I had a friend of mine and he said that he can, he can arrange, you know, things for me to come to Japan. I don't know how he did it. Of course, the way he did it is not perfect, I know that. But since I don't have any choice, I I grabbed the chance. I was willing to change my citizenship in the first two or three years from my coming to Japan.
1: You were willing to change your citizenship to Japanese citizenship?
2: Any citizenship during that time.
1: So when you left Ethiopia, who were you leaving behind?
2: Ah, my, my wife, um, two kids, Saron and Naosanai, and the last one, I didn't see her because my wife was pregnant. When I came here, she was about four months pregnant. Hmm. So I was leaving my wife and three kids.
1: And how old were the two kids?
2: Oh, my first daughter, she was five. My boy, Naosanai, he was two and a half, and... You know, I can't say anything about the last one.
0: Mm. Yeah. What was
1: the expectation when you left? Was it assumed that you would return to Ethiopia or that they would come to Japan?
2: I assumed they would come to Japan with the information that I, ha- that, that, that I had. I could get everything, you know, set up. I could get the visa so that I can call them and start life here. Mm. That was assumption.
1: So what what did they think of you leaving? What was the actual feeling and the conversations that you had with your wife at the time? And how was that for you and for them? Oh, she missed me and she cried a lot at the airport. And what were you feeling at the time? Yeah,
2: uh, I'm not sure to say my feeling, but I, I could say that I had a positive feeling that I may be able to call them after a couple of years. And as a man... I could manage to stay without my family for two years. But, you know, the process lagged too much, and it took more than five years, and I gave up when I heard the last decision by the immigration office.
1: Mm. So how long... You expected to be able to bring them over within five years or so?
2: Yeah, within five years. I thought I could bring them here, but it was not possible. Mm.
1: And so when you left, you thought you'd be okay? You thought you... You could kind of handle that, and how how has that been for you more recently? How much of um, how difficult has it been, and how long did it take before you were starting to feel that kind of distance from them?
2: Oh, I, I can't I can't explain that feeling. It's very very difficult. Hmm. I had trouble sleeping sometimes, and I used to cry alone on my bed because I can't cry in front of people at the man. I'm an Ethiopian. Well, we are, we, Ethiopia is a country which has which are, which are never been colonized. We are bra- brave people, we can fight, we can challenge different circumstances. So I, I managed to control myself as much as I can. But now I can't, I can't stand it anymore. Mm. I will take any chance to meet my family.
1: Let's move a little bit to the time in Japan when you first arrived. Okay. Um, what's the first thing you did? What do you, what's the first thing you remember doing when you got to Japan?
2: Uh, the first thing, I, I stayed a couple of days at the friend's house, the one who came with me, and then we went to Jar.
1: JAR is the Japan Association for Refugees. It's an organization that provides legal assistance, medical care, meals, housing, and any other assistance to refugees and asylum seekers in Japan. They gave Helmna money for housing for a few days and then arranged an interview at RHQ, which is Refugee Assistance Headquarters. Uh, They provide counseling services and at the time also provided semi-permanent housing for refugees.
2: So I arrived on January 25, 2009, by January 29, I was in the RHQ, RHQ office. So after a full-day interview, they gave us uh, one month allowance. It was February, so the remaining 20-something days, they gave us the allowance, and they, they gave us shelter at Aoba Dai. I remember that place. That's where I studied Japanese. I stayed about nine minutes. They set, up, they, they, they set us up with language classes at Aoba Lounge. I met different nationals, and we used to have uh, occasional bus trips, and I was very eager to learn the language. I like studying languages, Uh, even if uh, I I graduated in foreign languages and literature, I I studied French for years and a half in Ethiopia, so I was very interested to study Japanese, so it didn't take me more than three months to be able to communicate with the community,
1: So how soon after you arrived did you apply for legal status in Japan?
2: I applied after four days. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Just four days. So walk me through that process. What happened next?
2: So we started living in the guest house. So uh, that time immigration used to give only three months visa. So I took three months visa for a whole year. And I'm one of the first... Persons who, who who received the six months visa when they when they j- changed their their uh, rules.
1: So, when you say you took the three month uh, visa for the for the full year, that means okay. that every three months you yeah, every
2: every six months I had to go twice: one to apply, one to receive. Okay. So you spend money. You, we spent. We used to spend the money that we get from the government. You know, they used to give us uh, food support. We don't have any income. Of course, we had the shelter. The shelter, so from the forty five thousand yen, we have to pay for immigration every three months you go to ice you spend more than mm, eight thousand, especially when you get the visa, you have to pay four thousand yen hmm. so it was really challenging
1: How long did it take you to get a work visa?
2: Mm, at that time, it was six months, but the problem the problem was there was economic crisis all over the world so. We couldn't find job. It was 2009, if you remember. Mm. America's economy is also related with Japan.
1: So it takes him six months to get the work visa and another six months to get a job. He had very little support from the government. As he said, 45,000 yen a month, of which 8,000 was spent on visa fees every three months. But during that time, there was a shift in the law that allowed him to renew the visa every six months instead of every three months.
0: And what kind of visa was that? What, what kind of visa was home on?
1: It's called a Provisional Designated Activities Visa. It allows people to work, but it doesn't give them any long-term guarantees. So if his asylum claim was outright rejected, he could be sent to a detention center and potentially be sent back to Ethiopia. At the time that you're applying for asylum, can you kind of put yourself back into that place and and remember what you were feeling at the time? Were you feeling positive about it Um, Yeah, yeah, very
2: positive, very positive, because, you know, the people are very good. They they could help you as long as you respect their culture. And if you communicate, they appreciate you very much. Uh, Life is good here. Everything is good. Everything is fast. You know, they work with both hands at the same time. So everything, you know, was interesting for me, except the immigration process. So the immigration process, I thought I might be able to... To get the visa soon maybe two or three years I managed and I started to have hope until the fifth year then when I heard the final uh, result of the first appeal stage I, just, I I got discouraged
1: so it took five years before you heard a result about yeah your the visa. final result
2: yeah yeah there is first there is an interview with one officer hmm If if the result is negative, you appeal and you wait for the appeal stage. At the appeal stage, I think three judges, they will ask ask you different questions with an interpreter for you. And if you have a lawyer, he sits by your side, he doesn't say anything. That's Mm -hmm. what confused me. He doesn't say anything. How am I going to prove myself if the lawyer doesn't support me? They will help you with just translating your documents, that's all. And as a defendant, it's very difficult
1: so what was the reason that they gave you for denying your application
2: ah uh, that that's a very interesting part you know they say we think we think that you, you may not be uh, you may not have problem if you go back to Ethiopia after all that years after giving all those documents, they say we think that's. That made me very angry. How, how do you say, think, as a judge? They, they should be sure. They say, think, we think. How, how can I accept that? It's a decision. Decision is life.
1: He found out later that one of the judges had accepted his application. Knowing that one person accepted his claim, he decided to appeal. But he still hasn't gotten an answer, so the process is not complete. It's been 11 years since he's gotten here, and he still hasn't gotten a firm decision.
0: We'll be back after this. Hey, it's Oscar. If you want to get the latest episodes of Deep Dive straight to your device, subscribe to us on whichever podcasting platform you're using, or better yet, join our brand new mailing list to get updates straight to your inbox whenever a new episode is released. Visit jtimes.jp slash deepdivesub to get started, and that link will be in the show notes. Cheers. So, Jesse, what's Hillnate's life been like during this time? I imagine it's been very uncertain. Has he been able to find work? Has he been able to find long-term employment anywhere?
1: Yeah, he's... He's primarily worked jobs that require a lot of physical labor. At Subaru, he assembled cars, and now he works at a plastics factory. But as well as working for Ethiopian Airlines before he came to Japan, he also worked as a teacher. And during his time in Japan, he's always wanted a more intellectual occupation.
2: At this point, I'm working, but uh, I, I, used, I used to be a teacher, as I told you, so I prefer to be a teacher because it's a noble profession. I don't think there is any other profession that satisfies me. But here with six months visa, you can't get a job in their schools. So I'm forced to work manual labors, you know, um, and I, I convinced my mind because if I couldn't find a teaching job, I should work any any work that could get me better money. That's why I went to, uh, Subaru, to Subaru company, which is located in Guma Ota, I worked there five years and a half. It was very interesting. I had to make myself strong. I used to go to gym all all those years, three, three years and a half. I was working in the gym and in the company.
1: So you're having all these frustrations with the government, with the immigration office, but you're living your life and you're becoming a part of the Japanese community and you're improving yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned when we talked before that you felt accepted by the Japanese community. Sure, even sure, if, definitely. So what are some examples of that? What, what kind of relationships were you able to forge with Japanese people at that time?
2: For example, uh, we have a Japanese woman who lives around Yotsugi. I, I call her my Japanese mother. She, she, mm. she, her name is Machi Omori-san. She used to teach many Ethiopians around Yotsugi. And she always says that I'm one of her top students. After coming to Tokyo, she was the one who helped me with the language and finding me jobs. And she helped many, many Ethiopians. So I, I, I even met her yesterday because now I give her English lesson. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And I teach her, her grandson every Monday. He's eight years old. He's my, my boy. I like him very much. He likes me. I teach him. Uh, English.
1: Wow. That is a really meaningful relationship. Sure, sure. Yeah.
2: And I have uh, uh, very good friends in Ota, a couple, Japanese husband and wife. They used to to take me to dinners, to different places, especially the wife. She took my sister when she came from America to a natural uh, spring water somewhere in Kuma. And there are many. Many Japanese, my my senpai, an English senior, who taught me how to how to do my job at the car company. Uh, I like him very much. We we keep in touch. I call him sometimes.
1: Do you tell your family about these relationships? Sure, that sure, you've made? sure.
2: My kids sometimes ask me uh, Japanese because w- when I am online and talking to them, somebody comes hmm. and I may talk in Japanese. What's that, daddy? <laughs> they they ask him mush mushi, nani, mush mushi nani desu ka? <laughs> <laughs> and I teach them, especially my my first daughter. She she knows about five or six phrases. Arigato toka <laughs> uh, mush mushi oyasumi nasai.
1: <laughs>
2: especially the girls, they are very fast. So,
1: <laughs> and how old are your kids now?
2: Now my first daughter, she's approaching seventeen. <laughs> coming. Coming, os- coming August, you will be 17. My boy, he's 13. Mm-hmm. And, um, the last one, which I didn't see, Veronica, mm-hmm. uh, she's uh, approaching 11. Wow. I met them, but I, I just couldn't start, especially the boy, he missed me very much and he couldn't do, at, uh, he couldn't do better at schools. The girls mm-hmm. are doing fine. And I heard, not from his mother, from someone, that he said he, did, he, he, he couldn't be uh, working good because he misses his dad. And I, I cried when I heard that.
1: Are they learning English as well? Are you teaching them English from afar?
2: Sure, sure, sure. Hmm. I send them books. Uh, I, you know, I, I open the book like mm-hmm. this and make it closer to my laptop and I ask them to read and I, I ask them different questions. That's how I teach them sometimes, but I can't Mm. be satisfied with that kind of help, you know, as a teacher.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Listening to him speak, I feel like you can really hear how frustrated he sounds at his situation.
1: Yeah, he's really frustrated because he knows that there's a work shortage in Japan. And in 2018, Japan changed the law to bring in more temporary immigrants as labor workers. Yet they aren't taking any from the pool of asylum seekers that are already here. And they're making it harder for them to get refugee status. He's already doing those jobs that they need people for. He's willing to learn the language. He's willing to learn the culture, to assimilate He's really the ideal person for Japan, but the government is failing to see that, and as a result, missing out on people they desperately need.
0: So with this in mind, and the fact it's now been 11 years since he first applied for asylum, and there's still no clear outcome to his case, what are Hume's next steps?
1: Well, he's still in the appeal system here. He's still waiting for an answer, but he will most likely be going to the US. His sister went on the diversity visa 20-something years ago, And his sister then brought their mother over. So using that family connection, he's able to go and bring his family over as well. But after all these years and investment in Japan, it will be really difficult to leave. So um, what will you miss about Japan? What are going to be the difficult things to leave?
2: Oh, oh, I miss many things. Japan is a very peaceful country. The people don't kill foreigners, you know. (laughs) The Japanese people taught me how to work with both hands, you know. Mm especially at Subaru.
1: What do you mean by that, work with both you hands? You have
2: to work with both hands at the same time. Otherwise, they will not al- allow you to work in a car company, in a spare part huh. company. Everything is fast, you know. For two hours, non-stop, like robot. And they taught me what job means. I'm thinking like a Japanese. I'm working like a Japanese. Everything. Because they have changed me, you know, through their life. Because living with them for 11 years, working in... Big companies like Subaru, it will change you very much. In most cases, you will definitely find your property where you left it. I'm grateful to the Japan government for allowing me to work and change my family life. Uh, The last thing I miss is their Sento Ofro. I miss it very much. It has a healing effect, you know, hot spring.
1: Mm.
2: I miss it very, very much.
1: What do you see yourself doing in the U.S.? What kind of life do you imagine? Oh,
2: you know, I would like to jump on to the teaching job, and you know, uh, I have a plan to write a book.
1: To write a book?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stand. I can't wait to to do that.
1: Hmm.
2: To have a break and do uh, mental work. Hmm. I'm tired of physical work, and you know, my hands. There were two boys who came from Ethiopia. Their family live in Japan. Their father is my my friend, I mean, we live in the same village, so I invited them dinner one time when mm-hmm. they came two years ago. And one of the boys said, uh, your hands uh, look like boxer hands, you know, <laughs> <laughs> boxer hands, no, no mental work. So I'm physical. I, I don't want to think physical. I want to think mental. So mm. I'd like to find a ch- teaching job.
1: Have you told your family, your kids, that, you'll, that they'll be moving to the U.S. yet?
2: No, 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 no. That will be a surprise. And I don't want them to, to be lazy on their studies. If mm. I tell them, you know, oh, we are going to America, they think, and they may be lazy on mm. their studies. So I will tell them when I, when I hear the final
0: result. Mm. And does Hilner think that the situation will improve for future refugees if someone was to go through the same process as him?
1: Frankly, no, and he's very open about this.
2: Oh, well, now the, the rules have been changed. It has become very, very serious. They don't give you a uh, 6 months visa when you apply now. They give you two months or three months. Mm. They give you six months if only they accept, uh, they think that they have, you know, uh, a valuable case they will give you. Otherwise, most of them currently, especially after last, last year, last, from last year, April, Many people are in trouble. It's, it, it has become very serious. So I don't advise people to come to Japan anymore, especially under the new regulation. It's very, very serious.
1: So it's actually gotten harder yeah, yeah, than yeah, it yeah. was for you.
2: definitely harder, very harder.
1: Wow. Do you see Japan changing in the future? Uh, regarding? Immigration. Do you think that they will change? I don't think
2: so. Honestly speaking, I don't think so. Because... the. the there nothing anything that, that shows you. When I came, it was better, now it became hard. So how can I think? They may have to, to improve that, that's mm-hmm. my comment from mm-hmm. the government as well.
1: So Hilma actually brought us a poem he wrote in Amharic just three months after he arrived in Japan. He talks about how quiet the train cars are, how often they come, especially the Yamanote line, and how well Japan uses its land and how hardworking everyone is. He says that Japan is a model for the world, and finally, how much he misses his family.
2: Okay. The part that concerns Japan. Sileja panuchu, sejemir, tatari natacho, fesum Alumlai Temesakaro, Dek Kemenyillo, Taguin Natachono, Tarikan Ambabu, Tayeko Maninim, Besserataninet, Modil Nacho Lalem, Duvain Ayot, Greek Nim Ayo, Landen in Ayot, Alaninum Ayo, Dagmom Hong Kongin, Israel in Ayo, Nagargin, the Japan, Wedder Alageno, Bavahir Takapa, Dagmom Bokanus, Tuganian Lech Japan, Karuk Musrak Ers. You've been listening to Deep Dive with me, Oscar Boyd and a huge thank you to my
0: guests this week Hilmna Tehgan and Jesse Chaisley-Bitz We'll be back next week and to make sure you get the newest episodes straight to your device, subscribe to us on whichever podcasting platform you're using. And why not also give us a rating or a review if you're enjoying the podcast. Until next time, thanks as always for listening. Summer.